I want to talk about tonight, last week we talked about, um, what did we talk about last week? Language of heaven, language of heaven. We talked about Pentecost and how when Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came on the 120 uh, disciples in the upper room and how it was just such a powerful time. There was joy, there was exuberance, there was tongues, there was loud, it was dancing, everything was happening. And the whole of Jerusalem said, what's going on? And they say, hey, they're drunk. And of course, you've got these mockers all the time. God, something, something of the Holy Spirit starts happening. Somebody will point the finger, some religious person. Hey, they can't be God. They're drunk. And so Peter says, no, 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 no. It's nine o'clock in the morning. We haven't had any wine. This is what has been prophesied by the prophet Joel long time ago, that the Holy Spirit would come at Pentecost and would bring people alive. It says here, look, it says here, these people are not drunk, as you say. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not old, I'm young. Uh, so young men, I see visions. Thank you. Uh, even in my servants, both men and fem females, women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. They will prophesy. It's a wonderful, when the Holy Spirit comes, it is an incredible activation of the supernatural. I was thinking this morning, do people actually still remember that God is actually supernatural? You may come to church, we have this nice little thing here. God is actually supernatural. You can't see him. He's supernatural. <laughs> the supernatural realm is more real than the natural realm. We live in the natural realm. But the supernatural realm, actually from the supernatural realm, the natural realm was birthed, right? So that's more real than we have. We had this for a time, but then we're going to spend forever into the supernatural realm. And our eyes will be open and we will say, man, I never knew it was so blimmin' awesome. But that's where God lives. God doesn't live here. He lives, in, he, well, he lives in our lives, you know, but he's not, it's in the spirit. And so there's, there's this activation of the dreams. Right now, spirit is poured out straight away. Visions, prophecies, dreams, tongues, all this kind of stuff. The language of the spirit. See, the language of the spirit is not New Zealand, Kiwi. Even not Aussie, good day, mate. It's not. Not Hebrew, it's nothing like this. He uses the languages, but he, his language is visions, it's dreams, it's prophecies, it's in you. When there, it's, it's like the things of the Holy Spirit, it's tongues, it's, it's uh, pictures, it is the Holy Spirit, psalms and, and, and songs and things like that. It is a, a language from another world. See, it's supernatural, but he uses your brains and your emotions and your things to show and to talk to us. But I love how the Holy Spirit manifests, particularly the gift of the Holy Spirit, came to life at Pentecost. In the next two weeks, I want to talk about this. 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love, Paul says, and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him or her, but he utters mystery in the spirit. If I start speaking in tongues, I have no idea what I'm saying. You've got no idea what I'm saying. The devil's got no one there. Gideon, stop saying that because I don't know what you're saying. That's the whole point. Only Jesus knows what I'm saying. Only the Holy Spirit knows. And he says, you are the mysteries of the Holy Spirit. And you worship him. You worship him in a language that is unknown to men. It's a spiritual language. Yes, he uses your vocal cords, but I've got no idea what you're saying. But if you speak in tongues, you'll see that you have the same. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their building and encouragement and consolation, comfort. 
The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. So when I speak in a tongue, which I do every day, then you build yourself up, which is awesome. But the one who prophesies builds up the church. And that's why it's greater that Paul's talking about now. I want you to all speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, sorry, so that the church may be built up. The church may be built up. Now, at the beginning, he says, he's very interesting, he says, pursue love and then earnestly desire the gifts of the Holy Spirit. See, the whole thing of the Holy Spirit, God is love, Right? And our motivation in using any gifts of the Holy Spirit always needs to be loving God and loving other people. That's why we have one of our slogans here is passion for God and compassion for people. It's always both. And out of this motivation of loving people, Jesus did nothing without compassion. He was compassionate and then he healed some more people. It's always out of love. That's why he says love has to be first. It has to be our motivation. Everything flows out of love. By the way, I'm talking about gifts right now. The, um, the, um, the gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Can I say that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love? Do you know them by heart? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Gentleness, self-control, not bad. Now the second one is what? Joy! Joy! I'll tell you what's... Oh, what? Are you okay? Okay. Joy! Well, what I've done, I've actually instructed our team... They don't know yet, they're having a meeting this week. I've instructed all of our worship leaders. I really feel in this time as we're going to revival, two of the things are very, very, very important in our church. One is extreme joy. Jesus lives in joy. He was anointed with the spirit of joy like no one. He was the happiest man who ever lived on earth. He's not in this poser like, he's not like that. He was full of joy all the time. So we're going to have joy songs. We did bad, not bad this, this morning. That's why I asked, you know, I asked myself to have some joy songs. They're good. There's a whole bunch more. You'll see we're going to have some joy songs. And the reason why is because not only live Jesus in joy, when you start enjoying joy, it's just amazing because it will release you into another atmosphere, another, 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 another sense of his presence in your life. There's nothing like the joy of the Lord. So I want extreme joy, but I want deep worship. On your knees, on your face. I want both at the same time. Come into his presence with thanksgiving and praise and joy. That's what you do. And then you go into the holy place and then you come into the holy holies. And that's all. The fear of God, the love of God is just whoa. And that's where miracles happen. They don't happen here over here. That's the frequency of heaven is right there. So that's where we're going. Just to give a bit of it. Not in my notes. I'm saying to you, just so you know, that's where we're going. So if we sing joyful songs, don't say, why does this happen here? Do we have to be joyful now, do we? Yes, you do. The joy of the Lord is actually your strength. And what I do in my secret place, I do both. Sometimes I just sit there and just on my knees and I just worship. You're worthy of it all. Holy, holy, holy. And the next thing what I do, I go into the song and I play up and down, jumping up and down. I don't even know, Catherine. Do you hear that downstairs? Oh, you hear that, okay. I go up and down, you know, and I'm just worshiping the Lord. Pray because I need it for my own soul. David speaks into his own soul. Hey, wake up. Be happy. All this kind of stuff that doesn't really play, that happens also in the secret place, but it's almost like it's more into the, the soul area, which is more this area here of joy. And so joy is a key ingredient. That was all for free. Isn't it amazing? 
I told you where I am now. Okay. Earnestly desired the gifts. I got to make sure because I got to pray for you guys at the end. So I want, I want, I want to get you guys speaking in tongues. If you don't yet, it's for you. It's for you. It says here, oh look, the passion says it right. It's good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts, especially in prophecy. I tell you, the gifts are amazing. So today, I want to talk about uh, uh, tongues for a moment, and I want to talk about being a prophetic community in a moment. And then next week, I'm going to talk about uh, prophecy, like prophesying over people, like more like a gift like that. And Catherine will have all her prophet company. That's what I call prophet company. They are all going to be here, and they're going to prophesy, and they're going to just activate all of us. That's going to be amazing. That's next week. This week, I want to talk about the, the thing. Anyway, so the whole thing of the prophetic gifts are to upbuild yourself, but they also upbuild the church and build up the things, right? The gifts are like a toolbox, like a toolbox or tool um, belt, you know? The tool belt of the Holy Spirit, the Christian life, has these nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that are amazing. Discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, prophecy tongues. These are to empower you and to empower the church and to live the Christian life. And then there is the character ones, which are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all kinds of stuff, right? I've written a book about this in my mind. It's not yet done in my mind. It's called Born, Born to Fly. Do you know that, it's not in my notes, uh, do you know that um, uh, the, 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 um, the, the dove, you know the white dove? Holy Spirit, do you know the dove got four feathers, sorry, nine feathers on each side? One side is the nine gifts, the other side is the nine fruit. And you need both to fly properly. That's why I care, born to fly. You were born to fly. I thought it was amazing. Anyway, not being released yet, so don't ask me for it. I haven't even written yet. I just told you the title. That's all. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Anyway, the toolbox in this way talks about tongues. For the one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him. He utters mystery of the Holy Spirit. It's amazing the spiritual language that you have, that you can have. If you don't have it, you're going to get it today. I'm believing for you. At the end, an altar call for that. Just get ready. <laughs> it's the most powerful thing you can ever have. It's a secret language. It's a secret language, it's prayer language. Only God knows what you're saying. It's absolutely beautiful tongue. You know, I was in America when I was 18 years old. 18 years old, still handsome and dark hair and uh, all that stuff, you know. And I was in America. I was playing drums for this Continental Singers band, right? We had a tour of three months doing 80 concerts. So every night a concert at two on Sunday. Actually, I think Mondays were off. Two on Sundays and then the whole week concerts. I went through America, L.A., up the, th up the coast, Vancouver, into Canada, Alaska. Three months. But changed my life. I recommitted my life to God on this trip. Now, I was already a Christian because I gave my life to Jesus when I was 10 years old. But I was kind of doing my own way, as sometimes you do when you're a young youngster. Youngster, and so at 18 years old, I recommitted my life. Anyway, I came somewhere, I think it was in, uh, I think it was in um, Banff area. So somewhere in, on, uh, uh, where is that? Calgary? I don't know, somewhere there. In uh, Canada, and I was at, I was doing a concert, and then at the end of the concert, I went billeted by, 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 a, by, a, by a, it was actually a band, Christian band. That was cool. And they talked to me about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, I heard about it because I've been like, you know, four generations of missionaries and Christians and just flowing in the spirit and everything. So I knew about it, but I've never experienced it myself. And so they talked to me to three o'clock in the morning, and then they prayed for me, and then I just got such a joy. My main thing was joy. I believe it's one of the main things that happens. Somebody gets filled with the Holy Spirit, joy comes to town. 
He puts your Holy Spirit in as a spirit of joy and peace and patience and kindness. But firstly, it's love and joy. So joy came to me. And then I got one word on tongues. I got like kiriata or something like that, some kind of word, whatever. You know, and so, so I couldn't speak tongues yet, but I had. So next morning I woke up. I remember sitting, after, I said it before here for some of you, but some of you are new to our church. I was sitting in the bus and I was honestly biting the, um, the head cushion, the headrest of the, the seat in front of me with such excitement. I was like, because ah! <clears throat> I was so, so blessed by the Holy Spirit. I was so on fire with Him at 18 years old. Now, after that, I said, I want to serve God. So I went to Hawaii. Well, so the beach is nice. Beautiful women, beautiful sun. It's all good. Surfing. Anyway, so I did my YWAM, Youth to the Mission course, in Hawaii, where I get baptized in Hapuna Beach on a bad day, by the way, by Bob Fitz, the famous worship leader. Bob Fitz dunked me on that day. <clears throat> and so in two years, or one year, I was all kinds of stuff. Recommitted my life, filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized uh, in life. Anyway, it changed my whole, whole trajectory, and I was ready to meet my bride, my beautiful Catherine, who then came to Holland uh, in YWAM and stayed there for five years. And, but I, wanna, I, want you, I want you to know something, which I haven't told many people. On that trip, when we're doing this, worship, uh, this concert every night, it's like, like 50 in a team, you know, the brass section and drum. I was drum singers, you know, like 50,000 singers. I mean, it's a big, big band, you know. Anyway, we were just, not 50. 50,000, like 30, 30, 30, 30, like 50. It was like one big bus. Anyway, it's a big bus. So we, we, so when we pray, we used to pray before the service. <clears throat> and there was all these Kiwis they were praying. But they sometimes prayed separately. And what's going on all the time? And I would go to those guys. And they were so happy. And they spoke in a different language I had never known before. And I thought, man, New Zealand must be such a happy place. So much so, I didn't know that was kind of my first introduction to New Zealanders, not knowing that I would marry a Kiwi wife and that God would send me in a, as a missionary long-term to this nation where I still am today. Isn't it amazing? On the same trip. It's happened on the same trip. So God is so amazing. So, so amazing. That was my testimony about being filled with the Holy Spirit and tongues. John 4, 24, Jesus says, God is spirit. We just talked about this. It's supernatural. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. And so that's why sometimes when you're in a service like this, in particular talk tonight, you, you, you start singing in truth, which is like words. So you speak words, I love you, Jesus, you're worthy of it all, you speak in truth. But you also speak in the spirit. So don't be weird. If somebody thinks that's what is happening, they're singing in worship in the language of heaven, which is even more real to God, of course, than it's to us, although I can't, I don't know what they were saying. Now, tongues is also a sign, I'll keep going quickly, Song, tongues is also a sign that accompanies those who are uh, believers. It's actually part of the Great Commission. I want just for a brief moment, think about this, because this is actually really powerful. Jesus said in Matthew 16, he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. <clears throat> That's a great verse for those universalists. Anyway, um, no reaction. 
And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And then when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will place their hands on sick people. And they will get well after the Lord has said this. He went up to heaven, sat next to God's right hand. And the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied this. Thank you, Jesus. This is normal Christian life. When you look in the rearview mirror of your life, when you look into the... <clears throat> Hi. <laughs> when you look behind you in the wake of your life, I think what God would love you to see is miracles through your hands. Miracles. Of course, what God is doing is miracles through your hands, just like Jesus. Jesus says, you do greater miracles than I have done. Well, what's greater than raising the dead? Anyway, it's amazing what should be in, the, in our lives. For every believer, it's available. It's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's God. You see in the scripture four things. One, you see supernatural deliverances. Demons will flee. You see supernatural tongues. I want to say something. <clears throat> this is just whatever I'm saying. It's tongues. It's my heavenly language, right? And by the way, it's changed too. Sometimes I speak different language than sometimes. Because, of course, you may have a language, but, of course, if God wants to say something else through you, it may change. Right? So sometimes, has someone felt that too? Yeah? It's not the same thing as this, right? So you change things like this. But I also want to say something else. I mean, I'm a fourth-generation missionary. And so my family, I know that sometimes when my father went to the Amazon, they go to places where they, they eat you. Yeah? They don't like people. They, they eat people. And so the thing is, though, missionaries have gone out, and suddenly they start to speak the tongue and the language. That's why even in Jerusalem, they heard people speaking in their language. They were all gathered in Jerusalem from the nations. And here they were speaking in tongues, whatever, and, and they heard themselves speak in their languages. So at the same time, you saw the languages, the release of languages for missionaries to be able to do what they have to do in places. They, you know, they'd be reaching all this kind of stuff. That was very exciting. <clears throat> the third thing is supernatural protection. Snakes bit snakes and biting of snakes and poison snakes and drinking poison. You know, I mean, don't do it because you're not, I don't think you just, you know, don't do that. And also, a lot of this has to do also with, with missions. It's just, it, he's saying that you're protected by God. There's a protection, a supernatural protection in the Holy Spirit. And of course, healing. You lay your hands on people and they will get healed. Now, what I want to go, and that's what I'm saying, just five minutes, is, is, um, Prophecy, like personal prophetic stuff, we'll do next week. But I want to go a little bit bigger right now because that's what we see in the scripture here. See, I believe God is calling us to live a prophetic life. For us to be a prophetic church, which is bigger than just giving a prophecy to somebody. That's awesome, and we'll talk about it next week. But it's bigger than this. We are to be a prophetic company of people. The church is a prophetic organization. We hear the voice of God and we then say his will and we, we see the gold in the, in the situations. Not just in people, but in cities, in nations. We know the redemptive power and the redemptive calling that is in, in people and in, in cities and in nations. So it's bigger than just giving a prophetic word right now. I just want to meditate on a moment. Living a prophetic life, I wrote here, is revealing and actioning God's word and will and intention to other people. We prof 
prophesy, we speak the life of God and God's intention into people's lives. This is what Jesus talked about when, we, when he taught us to pray, you, you, heaven comes, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a prophetic declaration. He wants everything on earth to start looking like heaven. He wants his manifestation of his goodness, his love, and all the stuff of heaven to be manifested. And the things that are on earth which don't belong in heaven, like lack, like uh, uh, sickness, like uh, demon possession, like uh, interpersonal relations are broken. He doesn't want that, so he comes to deliver. But that whole missional thing is a prophetic declaration of shalom. Right? It's a prophetic declaration of shalom in our lives. And that's what Jesus did all the time. It's actually part of the Great Commission. We the sword here. It's part of the Great The whole Great Commission is a prophetic declaration of what God wants to do in the world. See, living a prophetic life is seeing with the eyes of Jesus and then activating the needs. So you see the needs of people, but then you also meet the needs of people. That's why it's a little bit different than just giving somebody a prophetic word. I see this building and God's going to use you for this. It's wonderful. Praise the Lord. But the thing is, though, this is bigger than that. This is more like a prophetic vision for the whole church and, and our mission in the world to be a prophetic company and to do and listen what God wants us to do and then to move forward into everything that God has for us and to see it done. That's what Jesus did. Jesus saw everything the Father was doing and then he implemented. So he saw... It's show and tell. At the same time, it's actually tell and show. No, it's, it's, it's show and do. You know? It's show and do all the time. So the doing bit has to be part of it. We see a sickness and say, come here, sweetheart. Jesus wants to heal you. We release it. Because that's the prophetic. The prophetic word is, I want that person healed. Because there's no sickness in heaven. So there's a sense of going after the things that God wants to do through our lives. And Jesus did this all the time. Jesus went around doing good and healing everybody in 10, Acts 10, 38. Always doing good, always making better, always um, delivering people, setting people free, and all this kind of stuff. Releasing the wholeness of God into people's lives. A prophetic change it is. That's why I love our mission statement, which is transforming the world with the goodness of Jesus. And mostly this is transforming people. So there's, this, it's a prophetic statement. That's what we want. We want to transform the world prophetically what God wants it to look like. And then we go do it. So you got to see with the eyes of Jesus, you got to see what he wants to do, and then we go and do it. But to go and do it, we can't not do. You know? It's our job. My job, this is all I do. I'm a prophetic person, Catherine, too. We are prophetic ministers. Actually, you're all prophetic ministers. When you go to your work, I'll tell a testimony in a minute about something that happened at work, somebody. This is absolutely beautiful. Transforming the world, prophetic act, bringing heaven to earth. I'll tell you, I finished with this. It was this, um, sadly, this friend of our, Karen, who died suddenly last Sunday, uh, only 61, friend of ours. Uh, some of you came to the funeral on Friday, big funeral. Um, in um, Life Church, full house. And, um, but one of the things that stood out to me is that she worked at Hoonhei School, right? She'd been there for the last 12 years. And so then the principal of the school came and she said, did you know they, they closed the whole school for the day? It's not like, you know, the principal only came, the whole school was closed. That's how much they honored Karen, you know? 
And I thought, well, this is amazing. And a lot of the teachers were there. Actually, one of the teachers said later on, man, if this is Christianity, I want to come to church. I thought, what an incredible situation. But, but she talked about Karen. I was so moved. I was crying when she talked about Karen. What an amazing witness she was in the, church, in, in, in the school. See, she was a prophetic witness. She was not just either a silent Christian. You're kind of a nice person. You could be a Christian, but that person's nice too. And I don't even know who's born again. Like a silent one or a secret one. She was so overt. But not only in character how she was lovely, but she has such a prophetic vision for changing people's lives and changing the kids and changing the teachers and changing everything in the church. So in love... So she served and did a lot of stuff. And, and this, this, this principle gave this life of what a wonderful Christian should look like, of a prophetic kind of a life that prophesied Jesus into every circumstance in that school to make everything look a bit like Jesus. And so I honor Karen. I honor what she did. But man, it's a call to each one of us to live a prophetic life. What about you? What about me? Are you living a prophetic life where you are, wherever you are, your workplace? Seeing with the eyes of Jesus, Lord, what are you doing? And then doing something special. Little things. I was so impressed by the, by the, by the, um, by the uh, principal again that she, this is the lotion or something she had, the lotion, her favorite lotion. Every Christmas, suddenly the, her favorite lotion appeared on her desk. And she, she knows it was from Karen. But then she changed the lotion. And she says, she will not know it's changed. And that Christmas, it was the changed lotion. She knew what it was. See, that's, that's being prophetic. You know what's going on. You see with the eyes of Jesus. You show love and you do something small ways. But I tell you, this principal's lives and the teachers have been changed forever. And I wish we can all become a prophetic company. The whole church be so such a prophetic, powerful declaration of his goodness that we live our lives and everywhere around us the fragrance of Christ is being uttered and being being just distributed and we see the beautiful fingerprints of the Holy Spirit through each of the lives wouldn't it be beautiful I'll finish here Karen actually was a beautiful Christian lady and um, see um, I believe she spent a lot of time in a secret place you cannot do this kind of stuff and not go to the secret place you know, it's in the secret place that these things are birthed. When you look into the eyes of Jesus, away from everybody else, and just look at Jesus and the Father say, thank you, Lord. Today is my day. What can I do today? The children are here. and Whatever work you are going to today, this week, you know, or tomorrow, Lord. What are the things in advance, Lord? What, what do you want me to see, Lord? What, what's going on here? What, what are the little things, Lord, the little nuances that I can express your glory, that I can express your love, that I can express your joy of the Holy Spirit? What are some of the things that they have no clue about? And when I do something, they will be so amazed. They will know it is because I'm a Christian. They will know it's because of God. What are some of the things, Lord? So we pray, Lord, that you birth this stuff into our heart. I pray, Lord, that you open our eyes to what you have for us, Lord, as a church, as individuals, but as a church, to become such a prophetic church, seeing with the eyes of Jesus, seeing the needs, but also to meet the needs. Did you know there's a scripture in the Bible about if you know there's a need and you don't meet it, if it is in your power to do, it's called sin. That's how much God appreciates doing what he has asked us to do. And when there's a need to say, hey, I can, I can do that. I'm, I'm your hands and your feet. I can do that. Amen? So good. Redemptive prayer. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you use our lives individually and as a church, Lord, for your redemptive purposes in the earth, in Christ church, at our workplace. Those friends, those family members, those teachers, the workmates, Lord, who don't know you. 
Father, we pray that you open our eyes because you're always working in them, but you're also working through us. And so, Father, thank you that you open our eyes to see where Jesus is working. Lord, that we will bless them, that they will see the fingerprints of God through our lives. It will be so beautiful, so powerful, so glorious. And we want to see, Lord, a mighty, uh, just a mighty revival, a mighty purpose of people that are so, are so hungry for the presence of God, so hungry for what we even do, Lord, to, to them and how we love on them and how we pull the gold out of them, Lord, and bring them into this prophetic destiny, Lord. You have a prophetic destiny for every person on the planet. And Lord, we, as your missionaries, Lord, we say, use us. Use us to unlock, Lord, those prophetic destinies of each person that we meet in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you praise. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I'm going to pray for some people here, I just want to ask you, there may be somebody here and you've never, maybe online, you've never said yes to Jesus. He's got a prophetic destiny for your life. He sees you. He already saw you before the foundation of the earth. He already saw you where you are right now. And he loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. The Bible says, for, for God so loved the world, so loved you and me, that he gave his son Jesus. So that anybody who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Is there anybody in this room or online and you said, Gideon, I've never given my life to Jesus. I want Jesus to become part of my life. I want him to fill me with his love and the joy that you have. It's electric. It's beautiful. I want to be forgiven of my sin. I've done some bad things in my life. I'm going to be forgiven. I want to step into this forgiveness. Is there anybody here in this room who said, I want to become a Christian? I want to count to three. And if you are, I would like you to put up your hand because I will pray with you. He's calling you today. One. Two, three. Put up your hand right now. If you say, yes, Gideon, I want to become a Christian. I want Jesus Christ to fill my heart. Is there anybody here? I need Jesus. Don't put it off. It's the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Online, anybody. I believe it's online. Things are happening. I know always people watch this. You know that hundreds and hundreds of people watch this every week? People tell me, Gideon, I've been watching for years. Not years, year, year, years. Not two years now. So I want to pray anyway because I don't know who's going to watch this later on. Let's pray together to receive Christ. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your life. I want to become a Christian. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I make you Lord of my life today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have prayed that prayer, then I would love you to tell us, even online, just give us a little note, and we want to pray for you, and find a great church wherever you live in the world.